Hey, this is Rich. Welcome to the VU Church Podcast. Today, we're continuing week four of our collection of talks on prayer, talking to Jesus. I pray you feel encouraged and equipped. When we pray, God hears us. As a community, we're entering the last week of 21 days of prayer and fasting. It's still not too late to jump in. We're gathering this Wednesday for our last Pray First gathering of 2021. Join us in person or online, vuchurch.com slash prayfirst. I'm excited to speak to you on the thought, learning to listen. The truth is, God wants to speak to you, but how you listen determines what you hear. You're not alone. Subscribe to stay connected with us. Let's lean into the message together today. All right, Proverbs chapter three. I've got a message on my heart. Uh, I wanna read it this morning if I can uh, from the message version. Proverbs chapter three, verse five. It says this, it says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Here we go. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go, He's the one who will keep you on track. He's the one who will keep you on track. We are in part four uh, of a collection of talks entitled Talking to Jesus. And uh, it's day 14 of our 21-day prayer and fast journey. Uh, Let me just encourage everyone, there's seven more days and it's not too late to participate. It's not too late to join. We want you to be a part of of this prayer journey. But we've been talking about this idea of prayer that that prayer is simply talking to Jesus about anything and everything. And we've been talking a whole lot about this idea of talking to God and speaking to God, but how many know prayer, prayer is a conversation. And it's not just about me talking to God, it's also about God talking to me. And I wanna take part four today, and if if I can, I I wanna lean into this idea of learning to listen. Learning to listen. Uh, we all out there probably have that friend and maybe I won't make you raise your hand, but anyone got that friend or know that person um, who all they do is talk? Raise your hand if you're sitting next to them. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> we, we all know that person, right, that spends all their time talking, that like they just talk your ear off. They're not really interested in asking you any questions. Uh, they're not really interested in really maybe getting to know you. They just, they just want to talk And what do they want to talk about? They want want to talk about themselves most of the times, right? And they don't really create any space to to hear your voice because they so love their own voice. And here's my question as we kind of get into our study today is, when you pray, whose voice do you love the most? This is is important that we, we just stop today and ask ourselves this question. When you pray, whose voice do you love the most? Is it your voice or is it God's voice? Because ultimately, what I want us to understand today is that God wants to speak to you. I hope you understand this, but this is what separates us from almost all other religions. In fact, Christianity isn't even a religion. Christianity is an opportunity to have a relationship with God. God wants to have a relationship with you. And I said it week one in our collection But yo, um, a relationship without communication is just two people. There is no relationship. You can't have a relationship without communication. And our God, he wants to speak to you. Our God, he wants to talk to you. Our God wants to meet you. Our God wants to encounter you. 
In fact, today, Growth Track Step 1, that's what it's all about. It's about encountering God, that it all begins with an encounter. It all begins with a relationship. This is why VU Church exists. We exist that people would know that they can have a relationship with God. In fact, we really exist for anybody who's not in the know, that you might know, that maybe you feel like you're far from God. No, God wants to be close to you. But if we're being honest, I think a lot of times when it comes to our prayer life, most of us spend our time in prayer talking about me, myself, and I. And we just sort of talk God's ear off. And I think sometimes we like hearing our voice more than we enjoy hearing his voice. This is about a relationship. This is about getting to know God. Write this down today, because this is true. If you don't listen to someone, you don't love them. Because love listens. So when I go to God in prayer, I'm not just talking to God. I'm creating space for God to speak to me. I'm waiting to hear his voice. Now, I think it's important that we understand um, that God is a speaking God. He, he always has been. He, he's a God who's active in our life. And maybe right there, like I know I go to, I've been to church my whole life. And so people will oftentimes ask me, they're like, Rich, have you ever heard the audible voice of God? I don't know what it is, but we find that to be so like, we, we all want that, right? Like, I just want him to say, like, what, what do you want God to say? Go! <laughs> no! <laughs> we all like long to hear his audible voice. And the truth is, I don't think I've ever heard God's audible voice. But I think I would counter that question with, why does God need to speak to me audibly when he can speak directly to my mind? So you should know that not every thought that you have comes from you. I'm surprised that there's still so many people that don't know this. Every thought that comes into your brain, you did not create that thought. In fact, God, he speaks to us many times, and the way he speaks to us is right there in our mind. He'll speak right to your thoughts. In fact, when, when you get a God thought, we call that inspiration. But we also have the devil who's speaking to our thoughts, and that's called temptation. So God, he gives me thoughts, inspiration. The devil gives me thoughts, that's called temptation. And when you get your own thought, most of the time I just call that dumb, right? <laughs> We've all been there. We need to realize that not every thought that comes into our mind came from us. That's why as believers, we have to learn how to mind our mind. Because there's thoughts coming through and some are the voice of God, some are the voice of the world, and some are our thoughts that are coming from a different place. Here's a good analogy. Um, you ever been to the beach before and you're hanging out on the sand, doing life, you know, just, just hanging out. And all of a sudden, one of those, like those seaplanes go by and they've got one of those big, you know, banner ads. You, you've been there, you know, like, you know, tonight, Nikki Beach, you know, DJ Reptile. Um, <laughs> I don't know if Nikki Beach is still a thing. And I don't know if there's a DJ Reptile, but you know what I'm talking about. Like they, they come by and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the beach and how many know the banner comes by. I notice the banner, but not for one second. Do I make any plans? Do I call any friends? Do I put it on my calendar that tonight I'm going to Nikki Beach to see DJ Reptile? Say, <laughs> so Rich, why are you saying this? I'm, I'm saying this because this is what happens when the wrong thoughts come through. I notice it, but I don't entertain it. And, and we have to get good 
as believers that there are different voices, that we're hearing different things. There's, there's different noises all around and what I'm listening to and who I'm listening to is determining the future that I'm, that I'm stepping into. I love what the apostle Paul says, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse four. He says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, what's a stronghold? A stronghold is typically a mindset. It's typically a tactic that the enemy has that will get us into an attitude, a belief mechanism to believe Believe his lies. He says, we demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. How do we do this? Watch this. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So Paul is just laying it down for everybody in this city. He's saying the banner ads are going to always come by. I'm not enough. The banner ads are going to come by. You're less than. The banner ads are going to come by. You should get out of this marriage. The banner ads are going to come by. You ought to steal that money. The banner ads are going to come by. You ought to smoke that joint. The banner ads are going to come by. People in the city don't like this preaching today. I know it. I notice it. But I do not entertain it because I have made a decision that I'm going to listen effectively. I'm never going to step in to my promised land listening to the wrong voice. And Proverbs chapter 3 is so beautiful because it's truly saying that if you want to step into your future, if you want to step into your destiny, listen to the voice of God. And if you love God, you'll, you'll listen to him. You'll listen to him. Prayer is not just you talking to Jesus. It's you listening to Jesus. And I so want to help you today. I want to help you learn to listen. And I don't necessarily want to talk about what, why, or who you're listening to. Instead, I want to lean into this thread. I want to take it from a different approach. I want to lean into how you're listening. We serve a relational God, and it's important that we note that our God is in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And many times when God speaks to us, he comes to us in one of these persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, Jesus, and God the Holy Spirit. And I want to use that today. I want to use the Trinity, if I can, in the way in which what form do I need to take on? What posture do I need to be in? to listen efficiently and effectively to how God is speaking to me. Because I know God's speaking. He might not speak audibly, but he's gonna come to me in my mind. He's gonna come to me in my heart. He's gonna come to me in an impression. What is the posture I can take on that I can learn to listen? So if you're taking notes, I hope you're taking notes because it's really, really important that I'm telling you what, uh, the, the old uh, phrase is that the longest pencil is, is, is longer than the shortest memory. And so as we write things down, it helps us remember and come back to it. So write this down. Number one, I want you to learn to listen. I want you to listen like a child. Listen like a child. The first person of the Trinity is God the Father, that we know that our God is the Father. In fact, uh, Matthew chapter 6 is where Jesus teaches his disciples how to pray. I thought Don Cherie did an excellent job last week. Can we just take a moment? Can we thank God for... The preaching of the word. Get a lot of questions that come in here all the time going, man, I really like that message, but uh, are we allowed to listen to a girl preach? Yes, you are. Um, and the truth of the matter is, 
is that many of the texts that are written about females preaching are all about cultural context. And the entire Bible is to be read with context. What you'll discover all throughout the scriptures is that most of Jesus's ministry was funded by women. Uh, Jesus was sending out, in fact, the first evangelist in the Bible is a woman. Her name is Mary. Uh, we discover all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God using women. So uh, if you're new to our community, we believe in women preaching the word. If you know, you know. But I loved her message because she was teaching from Matthew 6 and they actually come to Jesus like, yo, teach us how to pray, which is such like a powerful question because we're talking about this idea of prayer. And you've been hearing me say this like throughout the entire time in this collection. I wanna keep saying it because I think in many ways, it's such a foundational phrase. Prayer is more natural and normal than you could ever imagine. Like we were designed to communicate with our maker, but all throughout history, it seems like humanity has had this perpetual desire to have somebody else talk to God on their behalf. I don't know what it is, but it seems like we continue to complicate that which is simple. <laughs> and I think many, many times the reason why it gets complicated is probably because of guys like me that we overcomplicate it. And so I'm fighting really hard throughout this collection not to try to give you more methods or models. I'm really trying to get back to who you were designed to be, which was a child of God who would simply communicate with their father. Because when Jesus teaches how to pray, like he actually answers the question, he begins, he says, when you pray, you should start out by saying, our father who is in heaven. Meaning he doesn't have this formal, he doesn't create this title. You don't come to God with all of this extra speech. You just come to him like a kid. The other day I was in my house and those of you that know our story, we have three children. Uh, Wyatt, who's three, wild, bad name, who is gonna be two in October. I'm still wondering if we should have named him wild because he is truly living up to that name. Um, he is a savage child. He is not saved yet. So pray for his soul. I promise you. I promise you. He, he will get saved, but he is not saved yet. Uh, and then our, our baby girl, uh, her name is Waylon. And the other day I was in the house and my son Wyatt was hanging out with me and he comes over and he goes, he goes, uh, Pastor Rich. I said, what'd you say? He said, you're Pastor Rich. I said, what, what are you talking about? He said, that's your name, daddy. You're Pastor Rich. I said, no, it's not. My name to you is dad. It will always be dad. But what's happened? He, he's heard somebody else address me as Pastor Rich. And if his dad doesn't come back in and reinforce, no, 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 somebody else might call me Pastor Rich, but boy, I am one thing to you. I am your father and that's how you are to address me. So I don't know what some religion has taught you. I don't know what some man has taught you, but let me just tell our community in the city online right here in South Miami, you come to God as your father. You come like a child. We have to learn to listen like a kid. Now, now this is hard for a lot of us because right away when we talk about the idea that God, the first person of the Trinity, is a father. Many of us, even in the room, it becomes sensitive really, really quick because many of us in this room, we didn't have a good earthly father. This in itself becomes a very 
deep and dense teaching because so many of us, in fact, we try to qualify it. I actually believe that all of humanity carries a father wound. Say, Rich, no, my, my dad was, was great. I don't, I don't have any father wounds. I, I, I know what you're saying. I'm not saying that we all carry a father wound because maybe our dad abused us or neglected us or wasn't there. But the reality of it is, is that God wasn't created in the image of your dad. Your dad was created in the image of the father. And how many know the heavenly father is perfect? And I don't care how good your dad is. My dad is amazing. I'm aiming and trying to be the best dad on earth. But no matter how hard I try, I will never measure up to the heavenly father. And so there's some of us in this room that for all sorts of different reasons, maybe your dad left you. Maybe your dad betrayed you. Maybe your dad neglected you. Maybe your dad abused you. Maybe your dad died. Maybe your dad was present, but he was never engaged. So many of us, we end up carrying this resentment and this pain and this hurt. And what I want to encourage you is that for all of us, no matter where you're at on the spectrum, all of us have to go on the journey of forgiving our earthly father. Because it's only when we recognize that the need that we have, the void that we have, it could never be fulfilled by an earthly father. It was always designed to be fulfilled by the heavenly father. Once I recognize that and get that revelation, it allows me to forgive my earthly father for whatever sin, for whatever transgression. And when I forgive him, I'm able to embrace the totality, the fullness of the father's love. So important. So important. But when we look to the father, the heavenly father, we quickly discover his tone, his posture towards his son. In fact, Matthew chapter three, verse 16, this is the story of Jesus being baptized. It's amazing because at the baptism, we see all three persons of God, three in one, the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit all show up for this moment. And when Jesus was baptized, that's the Son, immediately he went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened up to him. And he saw the Spirit of God, that's the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, here we go, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Now, this text is important because it shows us the posture, the heart, and the tone of the heavenly father for the son. Now, the gospel simply means this, that we put our faith and our trust in the son. And now when we're in the son, we know that every promise every affirmation, every declaration that goes towards the son Jesus now becomes our promise as well. So quickly, I want you to see a picture of the heavenly father. The heavenly father, what we discover quickly is that he is a God who is full of acknowledgement. He stops and says, this is my son. There's people in this room that you carry pain because no one's ever acknowledged you. You never had an earthly dad who called you out by name. You never had someone in your life put identity on you and put, put, put life over you and say, this is my boy. This is, this is my girl. But it's not just this acknowledgement. There's this affection. This is my beloved son. See, a good dad loves his kids, showers love upon. I can't, I, when I get around my boys, I don't care what you say. You know, my kids are kissing me on the lip till they're 17. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know. 
but I probably will be that weird dad that like in the fifth grade, I'm like, come here, give me a kiss. He's like, no, dad. Yeah, get over here, you know? Because I want to be affectionate with my children. But notice he says, this is my beloved son. What does he say? I am well pleased. There's affirmation. You say, Rich, why are you pointing this out? I'm pointing this out because if you're going to respond to the father, if you're going to listen to the father, if you're going to listen like a child, you should know that the father acknowledges you. He shows affection towards you. And maybe you haven't heard in a long time, but he affirms you. He speaks life over you. Come on, somebody, put your hands together if you believe it. I want to listen like a child. All throughout the New Testament, Jesus is pointing out kids. He's affirming kids. Luke chapter 18, I'm just giving you a lot of Bible today. Luke chapter 18, but Jesus called the children to him and said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. So Jesus truly uses kids as an example to say that if you really want to enter into the kingdom of God, you have to have childlike faith. He says, if you want to pray, pray to God like he's your father, but then listen like a child, behave like a child, have simple faith. How I many know oh, there's big lessons we can learn from little kids? I could, I could give you a whole lot. Let me just give you a couple. Number one is that children are not in a hurry. This, this is important that you realize this. If you're going to listen to the voice of God, you can't be in a hurry. You actually have to slow down. Like, like, I firmly believe this. The biggest thing preventing you from hearing the voice of God is not his speech. It is your speed. You're just on the go, on the go, on the go, on the go, on the go. And, and God is saying, no, I want to meet with you. I am your father and I want to speak to you. But you're in such a hurry. God doesn't have a problem speaking. Our speed is too fast. How many know, like, if you're to take an airplane over New York City, you're, you're going to see something, but you're going to miss a lot about New York City. How many know, you could get in a car in New York City, and as you take the car across New York City, you're going to see more than what you saw in the airplane, but even in the car, you'll see something, but you're still going to miss a whole lot. How many know, though, if you choose to get on these two feet that God gave you and start to walk through New York City, What's going to happen is, is you're going to start to hear things and see things that otherwise you would have missed. Why? Because the details, they require a certain speed. And if you want to learn and if you want to grow in your relationship with God, if you want to discover who the Father is, you have to slow down to capture the details of his presence. Slow down. My kids, yo, it, I feel like they have a master's degree in slowing me down. Like just getting to the car. Oh my gosh. I'm like, are you preventing my plans today? These kids are smart. Bedtime, yo, they have got all sorts of ways and tactics. Dad, three more minutes. I'm like, you don't know what three minutes means. They think three minutes is an hour and a half. They don't understand. They're at their own pace going slow. 
children aren't in a hurry, but how many also know that, that children, they, they take you at your word? I could tell Wyatt anything. He will believe. Dad, tell me a story. Tell me a story. Tell me a story. His newest thing is he likes me to tell him the same story over and over and over again in the same city. Like, tell it again. I'm like, why? Because he loves listening to his dad's voice. And what his dad says is truth. I want to encourage our church today that the father wants to speak to you. And when he speaks to you, he wants to give you truth. And if you will listen to it and hear it with childlike faith, I'm telling you what, you're going to step into a future that you could only begin to see take place with God's help. Listen like a child. First person of the Trinity is God the Father. But, but number two, the second person of the Trinity is, is God the Son. And so I, I want to teach you today, listen like a spouse. Maybe I should call the point, listen like a spouse should listen. <laughs> but, but listen like a spouse. You say, Rich, why are you leaning in this? Well, the, the, the second person of the Trinity is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus, of course, came and paid our price for our sins, went to a cross, died so that we wouldn't have to die. He is our big brother. I said it already, but in Jesus, every promise that was spoken over his life, we can receive it by putting our belief and trust in him. He is a good savior. But one of the most beautiful analogies that we discover about Jesus that's used over and over again is that Jesus is the groom of the bride. Who is the bride? The church. Today, if you're new to our community, maybe you're once again in the city, or maybe you're here in South Miami, or you're watching online, this is actually not an event. This is actually not even a program. This isn't a production. We are the bride of Christ. We are a community. We are the church. This thing has been going on for thousands of years. Vu Church, you might be the, this might be the first church you've ever been to. You're like, oh, this is super cool, bro. They're doing a new thing. We're actually not doing a new thing. We're actually doing a very old thing. You know, this is like a really, really old, 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 old thing. We are just modernizing it. We're just in 2021 walking it out. But what we believe is we believe the groom, Jesus, who died for us is coming back for the bride. So what we believe is we believe that we are waiting in eager anticipation for the day that Jesus Christ, the groom, will come back and rescue his bride. Anybody out there excited for the day that Jesus comes and rescues us? And all throughout the scriptures, I mean, go through the New Testament, Ephesians chapter five, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So Ephesians 5 is a really, really interesting text because it's all about ground rules for, the, for, the, for your home. And so it says things like wives submit to your husbands, which girls are like, oh my goodness, no, that's crazy. It's archaic, no. Well, like, I know submitting can be difficult, but, but the, the, the greater and the higher command is to the husbands. Husbands, love your wives like Christ loved the church. Do you know how Christ loved the church? He died for the church. So, so the higher command is not submitting. The higher command is dying. That's why I would say to all the men out there that are complaining about a wife who's not submitting, the question is, are you bleeding yet? Because you shouldn't expect any woman to submit to you until you bled for them. Got one witness over here. <laughs> but the analogy is, 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 is the church is the bride and 
And Jesus is the groom. Ephesians chapter five, verse 31, watch this. This is just really, really clear. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. This is, this is them coming together, a new creation. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. So the analogy that's given over and over again about when God wants to express his love towards humanity, he uses a groom and a bride. This is the analogy that he loves to choose because we serve a relational God and he's trying to break it down into our minds how he loves us, how he speaks to us. So each and every one of us, we must learn to listen like a spouse. Because how many know this? A spouse has intimacy. This is very, very important that we lean into this for a moment. Um, Right now, there's, there's airwaves coming through this room. All sorts of airwaves and radio waves coming through here. But how many know you can't hear those airwaves unless you get a radio and you tune in to the specific channel. It's only when you tune in can you begin to hear what's being transmitted. Say, Rich, why are you saying that? I'm saying it's the same thing with God's voice. Is that proximity matters when it comes to listening to God. We go, God's not speaking. No, he is speaking. You're just not tuned in. You haven't positioned yourself. You're not in proximity. I'm telling you what, proximity leads to listening. It's where you begin to hear his voice. We actually have to draw close to God. The scripture says, when I draw close to God, he draws close to me. And this is what a spouse does. A spouse has intimacy and proximity with that person. I've been married to Don Shree now for 15 years. And I don't know if you know this, but we live together. <laughs> Let me just say something else, maybe shocking. We sleep in the same bed together. It's not a shock to you because you're like, I know that's what you do. You're married. But because we're married, we're fighting always for closeness. We're fighting for proximity. We're fighting to be near each other because when I'm near my wife, I'm going to hear things that others will not hear. And a spouse, what we learn is a spouse has intimacy. Well, you're saying, well, Rich, okay, I want to draw close to God. How do, how do I actually do that? There's so many ways you can do it, but hopefully in 21 days of prayer and fasting, hopefully you are, you are tuning in to some new things that God is saying. I mean, like, how about study his word? Everyone's like, I want a fresh word from God. I hope Pastor Rich has a fresh word from God. Okay, cool, yeah. That, that's risky. I would, I would not risk your faith on me getting a fresh word for you. For you. If you want a fresh word from God, just go buy a brand new Bible. Get a brand new Bible because this thing is potent. This thing is alive. And if you want a fresh word from God, you just open it up and God will speak to you. Study his word. Read the Bible. Like God has spoken a lot. I need something new. You don't even know what he said in the past. You're not ready for something new. You don't know what he said. That's old. How about, how about hear his word? Like, once again, this is not an event. This is not a program city. I know it's cool. You're in the design district. And I just hope that we understand with all the cool windows and all the cool vibes and the brunch afterwards. Like, oh, we're going to brunch. We're, we're vooing and brunching. I love it. I love it. I'm not, I'm not hating. You want to brunch and voo? I love it. 
But I hope you understand that what you're doing today is you're obeying the biblical command that says, do not forsake the gathering of saints. Because I actually believe as I get under the teaching of God's word, I'm drawing close. I'm drawing close. This Wednesday night is our last prayer meeting until January. 7.30 a.m., in the city or in South Miami or 7.30 p.m. in the city or South Miami. I know it's a sacrifice to go. I know you have kids. I know they have bedtimes. I know you have a job. I know all of that. But if we're not careful, we'll be too busy for the one that demands our attention. We'll be too much in a hurry. Make it a priority. Hear his word. Study his word. Here's what, how about this? Share his word. This is, a, this is why everyone should be in a VU crew. This past week, shout out, almost 1,500 people in VU crew this week. Come on, crews are come, come on, make a little bit of noise. I love it. People in, in crew doing life with other believers and they're, they're sharing, they're speaking the word. It's on their tongue. Listen to me. Intimacy will not happen without proximity. You, you have to have it. Don't you know, we've been married 15 years. We sleep in the same bed. We're in the same house because, because we're fighting to stay close. And here's what I want to say. This is so important that you hear this today. Don't you and I have been married for 15 years. This next year, it'll mark 20 years of us just being together, hanging out. I want to say this very clearly. Um, I don't always hear Don Cherie, and I certainly don't always understand Don Cherie. <laughs> couple, couple men said amen, you know. Um, I, I did a wedding this week for, for two people on our team and um, Oliver and Carrie, uh, they're amazing people in our church and just doing an incredible job. And I said, Oliver, you know, <clears throat> there's two things you must understand about women. The only problem is nobody knows what those two things are. Okay. So <laughs> I don't always hear Don Cherie. And I don't always understand Don Cherie. I'm learning to listen to my wife. But what I want to say to everybody is that as time goes on, it gets easier and it gets better. Because how many know, if Don Cherie calls my phone, I can immediately pick up the phone and I don't need her to introduce herself to me. I know her voice. I know her voice. And what I'm just trying to say is when you listen like a spouse, you're fighting for intimacy. You're checking your schedule. I, I got to prioritize my wife. I can't be too busy for Don Cherie. But what you must realize is that when it comes to the God's voice, you won't always hear it and you won't always understand it. But you can learn to know his voice. I, I know God's voice. I know it. I've just... I've been walking with him for a long time now. I don't say this from an arrogant place, but I know the voice of God. And when it comes to God's voice, the response is always obedience. If you want to increase his voice in your life, you obey. This past week, I was, I was flying home from Houston and I don't know, I just had a check in my spirit. I'm not supposed to leave Houston. I'm not supposed to leave Houston. I'm supposed to stay in Houston. But I was like, nah, I think I stayed up too late and I think I ate some pizza. I don't know. Nah, I, I, I'm a not supposed to leave Houston. I got on the airplane and on the airplane, I ended up texting with a friend who was in Houston. 
And we just started discussing. And right away, as soon as I started discussing that he was in Houston, I said, all right, there's the Holy Spirit speaking again. You gotta go back to Houston. And when I landed in Miami, I said, what's the next flight to Houston? And I got on the next flight to Houston and I flew right back to Houston. And what turned out is that my friend, he, he, he needed a friend. He, he needed a person of faith. I, I, wanna be, I wanna be intimate with God. I wanna be close to God. I want when he speaks that I just obey. That's my, that's my response. I wanna listen like a child. I, I want you to listen like a spouse. And lastly, as we close today, you need to listen like a friend. Listen like a friend. The third person of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. So God is a relational God. God wants relationship with you. God wants a conversation with you. He doesn't want you to sit and just talk and talk and talk and talk. He wants you actually to love his voice more than you love your voice. And so I realized that God comes to me in these three persons. And so how should I respond? I should respond to the father like a child. I should respond to the savior like a spouse, but I should respond to the spirit like a friend. Because Jesus said in John chapter 14, he says, the friend, AKA the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send at my request will make everything plain to you. He says, he will remind you of all the things I have told you. I am leaving you well and whole. So when Jesus left this earth, he said, I'm leaving you with a friend. I'm leaving you with one who will walk with you and remind you of all that I've promised you all that I've said to you, learn to listen to his voice. And when I think about a friend, how many know um, the best friends, great friends are those people um, who say it best when they say nothing at all? Let me say it this way. Friends enjoy the silence. They just, haven't you ever experienced that? Like, your best friends, your dearest friends, they can say everything by saying nothing. Your best friends, you're not trying to fill the space. You're not entertaining. You can just sit completely quiet. Their presence is louder than the silence. The famous reporter Dan Rather one time had a sit-down interview with Mother Teresa. I looked at Mother Teresa and he said, Mother Teresa, um, when you talk to God, what do you say? And she says, nothing. I just listen. He said, oh, that's, that's amazing. He goes, well, when God talks to you, what does he say? She said, nothing. He just listens. He says, well, that doesn't make any sense. She goes, if this doesn't make sense to you, I don't know how to explain it. But deep calls to deep. And there is a mystical relationship that our relationship is found in the listening of one another. We're just listening. Many of us in this room, we're in a hurry, we're too busy, and we never get silent to listen to his voice. I wanna even challenge you this week to get silent. You got seven more days. I don't know where you could do it. You can pray anywhere. The point is not the prayer. The point is connecting with God. 
And many of you, you would hear God in a new way if you would just turn the radio off, if you would just let go of the podcast, if you would just sit for five minutes in silence because good friends can sit together in silence. Their presence speaks to one another. But what's fascinating about this word silent is how we know it's six letters. And those six letters are the same letters that spell the word listen. That if you're learning to listen, stop and get silent. Don't think about what the next thing is you have to say. Pause. Take in the moment. Listen like a friend. Sometimes you're like, I don't hear from God. It's not because he's absent. It's because he's a good friend. He's letting you talk. and He's letting you process. And he's just listening. Other times, God's saying, would you, would you listen to me? I want, I want to speak to you. As we close, I love what Jesus said. John chapter 10, verse 27, he said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. See, you can know all about someone. It doesn't mean that you know them. My favorite actor, greatest actor of our generation, Leonardo DiCaprio. We're not gonna have a debate online about this. It's just the truth. My favorite actor, I, I, know all, I know all sorts of weird stuff about Leonardo DiCaprio. You might say, well, Rich is, is, is I might say, you know, well, guys, you know, he's my friend. You're like, oh, really? DiCaprio's your friend? Yeah, he's my friend. What makes him your friend? I'm like, well, I write to him all the time. And then you might say, well, does he write you back? And I would say, well, no, he's never written me back. Why? Because he's not my friend. I'm a fan, we're not friends. Some people in 2021 are fans of God, but not friends of God. You can know all about this God, but that's not the point. It's not that you would know all about him. It's not that you could quote every scripture. It's that you would stop and recognize that this God loves you, has a plan, a purpose, and a point to your life, and you'll never discover it unless you stop and hear his voice. And so I listen like a child because he's my father, and I listen like a spouse because he's coming back for the bride, and I listen like a friend because the spirit, he sticks close to me. And I don't know about you, but I have been so wrecked the last couple of weeks as I've been watching the news of what's taking place in Afghanistan. I have been moved to tears. I have felt helpless. So many are going through so much pain, so much adversity, real modern day persecution. Persecution is not mean comments on Instagram. Persecution is when they come and shoot you because you claim to follow Jesus. Jesus is not looking for fans. He's looking for friends who would follow him. This past week, the underground church, many were slaughtered in Afghanistan and there was a report that came out that even the kids told their parents, we will not deny Jesus. Why? Because they have tapped into something that I think many of us in the American church are missing out on. 
is that they know God. They don't know about God, they know God. And what they know about this friend is what Jesus said in John chapter 15. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I believe that God is raising up a church right here in Miami, in the city and in South Miami and online that would say, I'm not just going to be a fan of God, but I have made a decision that I'm going to obey this God. I'm going to follow him. He's the God who laid down his life and need be. I will lay my life down to follow him. I've made a decision that his voice is directing my path. I've learned to listen to him. Come on. If that's you at every location, lift your hands. Come on. Lift your voice. Come on. Sing it out. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.